This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page. Visit us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. On the phone with me now is Marilyn Singer. Marilyn is the author of the book, Have You Heard About Lady Bird? Poems About Our First Ladies. It's our pleasure to welcome Marilyn Singer back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Welcome back. How are you, Marilyn? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So this is your, I believe, your third time back with us. So you have a new book out. Have you heard about Lady Bird? What made you decide to write a book about First Ladies of America? Well, I did a book a few years ago about the presidents called uh, Rutherford B. Who Was He? And it occurred to me that it would be nice to have a companion about their partners, as it were. Uh, and um, my publisher, Disney Hyperion, liked the idea, and so I went ahead with it. I didn't know a whole lot about the presidents when I started writing that book, and I realized I knew even less about the, the first ladies. <laughs> yeah, really. And I, and I think that's, to be honest with you, I think that's true of most people. I don't think we know a lot about most of the first ladies. So that was a lot of really, really interesting research for me. I like doing research, so that was, that was fine with me. Okay, so tell us about the book, because it's set up in a unique way. Tell us about how you approached each one of these stories about each one of the first ladies. Well, both uh, the book about the presidents and this one are poems. Uh, I like to write poems. I've written a lot of poems. I uh, actually, if I can brag for a moment, won um, a a big award from the uh, NCTE, National Council of Teachers of English, for my poetry. So I really like writing poetry, and I don't think there are many books out there of poems about either the presidents or the first ladies, and there are very few anthologies, as it were, uh, about the first ladies in general. So... I started with knowing that I wanted to write poems, and I knew that there would also be some prose back matter to tell more about these women, to fill in some of the gaps. I wish I could have had space to write even more about them because there was so much information that I found, but you know, the limitations of, of uh, book size prevented me from writing everything that I wanted to say, but I tried to get in as much as possible, and my editor, uh, Rotem Moscovich, who's fabulous, was very helpful about, we'll have this and, you know, and this much. So I approached it, first of all, knowing I would write poems, knowing that there would be some prose back matter, and then I set about doing the research. And I took notes and I gathered as much information. And what I tried to do in each poem was get the essence, as it were, or the most important aspects of um, each first lady, uh, and uh, the period during which she was first lady. Now, I have to say, not all of the women in this book actually became first ladies, as it were. They died before their husbands became president, but we decided to uh, feature them as first ladies because they would have been had they lived. So that's basically what I did. I tried to find the most essential moments in, in their lives and in their uh, period of time as first lady or possible first lady. 
Okay. Now, the book, you know, it's really fascinating. I actually spent hours reading through the poems and, and the bios and even doing some independent research. You know, you sparked that interest to find out just oh, a little bit more. That's great. Thanks a lot. So right here, why don't you read us the first poem in the book? I will do that. This poem is, uh, sets up the book, and it is called, appropriately, First Ladies. We know Eleanor Roosevelt, Abigail Adams, But what about those other madams, the many first ladies of our nation who held that most demanding station from our country's uncertain conception right up to the present day? Those women who knew how to host a reception, how much or how little to say. The ones who welcomed public life or chose to hide away. Who fought for causes on their own or preferred to stay behind the throne. How many have we read about or even recall? Julia Tyler, Florence Harding, it's time to meet them all. All right. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. This morning, we're speaking to Marilyn Singer. The title of the book is Have You Heard About Lady Bird? Poems About Our First Ladies. Now, Marilyn, you say that you enjoyed the research process But how long does it take to research? Because you're talking about 46, 47 women, and then you have to write a poem about them and research them. How long did it take? You know, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember how long. I think it was over a period of a year, which is actually fairly short when you think about it. But um, I really really hustled (laughs) to to do as much research and as quickly as I I possibly could. And I did know, I did find out a little bit about them, or some of them at least, when I was researching the president. So there, there was, I had some of that information, and uh, that had taken me a while to research as well. I also wanted to mention the fabulous illustrations by Nancy Carpenter. I know that she did a lot of research also. Uh, we've met, she actually lives in my neighborhood, and um, she was having to hurry to, you know, to do as much um, research as possible as well. And I think she did an amazing job. Yes, she did. Now, during the research process, which first lady surprised you the most once you found out more about her journey? That's a great question. Uh, I, you know, I think about that a lot. A lot of them really surprised me. But I think one of the ones who really surprised me and fascinated me was Louisa Adams, the wife of John Quincy Adams. Mm-hmm. She was one of only two first ladies who were born outside of this country, the other one being Melania Trump. Uh, Louisa was born in England. She had an amazing life and history. Before he became uh, president, John Quincy was ambassador to Russia, and uh, she went with him there, and they had a, a very young child. And then he became ambassador to France, and he was sent to France. She stayed behind for a while in Russia, and then she went to join him. She took a 40-day journey across war-torn Europe, it was the Napoleonic Wars, to join him in France, and she almost died. She rode in what was essentially a kind of sleigh. It was a carriage with with runners on it, and uh, that just amazed me. The guts, really, that that she had. She was an incredibly intelligent and cultured woman. She wrote a biography, an autobiography that was never published called Adventures of a Nobody, And when he became president, uh, John Quincy didn't really listen to her very much or 
or seek her advice on things, which made her pretty unhappy by all accounts. But later on, when he became uh, a representative in the House of Representatives, she pretty much functioned as his law clerk. Uh, she gathered material for him. They worked together on things. She helped him with the Amistad case, uh, and their relationship changed a lot. And she utterly fascinated me. Um, yeah, I mean, so that was that was really an amazing surprise. And then there were a lot of smaller surprises, like uh, Abigail Fillmore started the library in uh, in the White House, and uh, so there were things like that, you know, that I found out. Um, James Buchanan, who was by all accounts not a very good president, uh, and he was also our only bachelor president, made his niece first lady, and she was an interesting uh, figure. She collected art which became the basis for the Smithsonian's uh, National ga Portrait Gallery. Uh, and, and she also um, funded a home for, uh, for children uh, that became a wing in Johns Hopkins. Uh, and all of these people, I just found out so much information that I wouldn't have known, obviously, if I hadn't done the research. And they all fascinated me, really. I don't think anybody was actually boring. <laughs> You know what I mean? Somebody asked me that about the presidents. Which president was the most boring? And I said none of them were boring. I, I'm not saying they were all good presidents, but they were not boring. So these women were very interesting to me, too. So let me ask you this. The title of the book is Have You Heard About Lady Bird? Why did you choose Lady Bird as the title subject for the book? I think we just liked the way it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a completely honest answer. <laughs> I think it's true. You know, and herd and bird rhyme, and um, you know, and I think, I think that's basically really, really the 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 answer. I mean, we had Rutherford B. Who is he? And we chose that because it rhymed also, and it was also a line. And that one was actually, I think, a line in in, in the poem. Now I can't even remember, but um, so we really we chose this because it sounded it sounded good. It was poetic. It was poetic. That's a lovely way of putting it. <laughs> On a serious note, do you think a lot of these women that became first ladies, do you think they were prepared for the spotlight, the pressure of it all, of being the first lady? Oh, that's a great question. No, I know a lot of them were not. Zachary Taylor's wife, Peggy, absolutely refused to be in the spotlight and stayed in the upper rooms of the White House and didn't even participate in, in functions at that time. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, she was not prepared. Ida McKinley had, uh, she had serious health issues. She had seizures. Who knows if that was, those were exacerbated by the pressures of, of being a first lady. So she did attend some events, but she also spent a lot of time uh, in her rooms. And apparently, at certain state dinners, if she, had a, if she attended and did have a seizure, William McKinley would take out his handkerchief and put it over her face. What? Yep. <laughs> so I don't know how prepared how prepared she was, and you know I I think there were other other first ladies who were really not they really didn't want the the, the spotlight. There were there were also women who really didn't want their husbands to become uh, president. Jane Pierce had a really tough time with that, and that's a that's a whole tragic story that you know I it's, I'm not even going to repeat all of that now. But she didn't really want him to become president. Uh, Garfield's wife was not eager, and that's a sad story, too, because he was eventually assassinated. Um, so I think a lot of them did not want the spotlight. 
And then there were others like Julia Grant, Ulysses Grant's wife, who loved it. She thought that was the most charmed time of her life. And apparently she cried when they had to leave the White House. <laughs> so there were people who really wanted to be First Lady, and there were others who, who just did not, you know. And, and by certain things I've read, some of, the, some of them may have, might have made better presidents than their husbands. All right, so that's a good lead into my next question. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear on the phone with author Marilyn Singer. The title of the book is Have You Heard About Lady Bird? Poems About Our First Ladies. Now, so that is a good lead into my question that we were just talking about. Which first lady do you believe had the most power or influence over the presidency? That's a, ooh, that's a really good question. Well, I don't know if they had more power over the presidency, but some, some are kind of more equal partners. Rosalind Carter... Uh, and Hillary Clinton certainly were were, were more equal partners. Um, Florence Harding, she said he will do basically what I tell him to do. <laughs> and I think she was a very, very sharp, smart person. When he became president, women had first, got, had first gotten the right to vote, and she got out there and really rallied the vote for him. So she had a, a lot of, of power uh, also. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt certainly had a lot of influence and was certainly influential in her own right. The earlier women, that would be interesting. I would have to – I know a lot of them uh, gave advice to the presidents. And some of the ones, like um, what I read about Bess Truman, is that even though she was not gung-ho about being first – lady either. She spent a lot of time, I think, in Missouri rather than in the White House. She edited um, Harry Truman's speeches, and she gave him advice. So a lot of them, you know, did it sort of in the background. They weren't so much in the forefront, mm -hmm. uh, whereas somebody like Eleanor Roosevelt was very much in, in the forefront. What about Edith Wilson? I found that, looking oh. through the book, I thought that was really interesting. That is a really interesting story. Uh, so Woodrow Wilson had a stroke. Edith, who was his second wife, the first one had, had died, and his doctor, uh, and I think someone else in, you know, in, the, in the cabinet, kept that from the public. And apparently she <laughs> signed a lot of uh, orders that, in his name, and she said she was doing it really you know, because that's what he would have wanted. Whether that was all on the up and up, I don't really, I don't really know, but she did have a certain amount of power. But I think it was. It's an interesting question because I don't think she really wanted the power for herself. I think it was protecting him, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But she was certainly very, very, very powerful in that position. Yeah, I mean, she was sort of acting, acting as president, basically. Lucy Hayes, she has Ohio roots. She had a first of her own. She was the first woman to graduate from college, I yeah, believe, yeah. first lady. Um, and she was interesting, too. People called her Lemonade Lucy uh, because uh, basically uh, liquor was not allowed in the White House. I think occasionally on very special occasions there was some wine. But people thought that she wanted, uh, was in favor of prohibition, and apparently she was not. Uh, but she, I think Rutherford was... was maybe more in favor, than, uh, in favor of it than she was. She was very well educated, um, but didn't take necessarily strong, overt positions on things. Okay. But I think she, you know, she had, 
I think she had strong opinions, but uh, deferred publicly to him. Okay, Anna Harrison, she had a first of her own as well. And her husband, he was only president for, what, 32 days or, or so? Yeah. Well, she was both wife of a president and grandmother of a president. Benjamin Harrison was her grandson, and she uh, raised him in part. She outlived her, her husband, uh, you know, by a, n- a number of years and took part in raising her, her grandson, who did become president. He, <laughs> William was only president for a very short time, as, as you said, uh, and Benjamin was a one-term president. Interestingly enough, he was president between the two terms of Grover Cleveland. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Remember, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page. Visit us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear and like us there and join the conversation there as well. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. On the phone with me now is author Marilyn Singer. The title of the book is Have You Heard About Lady Bird? Poems About Our First Ladies. Now, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but the book features quotes from all the first ladies. Which one is your favorite or a standout for you? One of the quotes, I'm going to find this so I can actually read it. One of the quotes that I actually liked, I'm not sure I would have loved uh, this woman who was um, Sarah <laughs> Polk. No, I mean, Sarah Polk, she was, I did not, I mean, he, James K. Polk was in favor of Manifest Destiny, which is not a very uh, wonderful thing to contemplate because it was taking land from Native Americans and other people and expanding to the, uh, to the West. But her quote, which I really like, is, if I should be so fortunate as to reach the White House, I expect to live on $25,000 a year, and I will neither keep house nor make butter. <laughs> I really like that quote. I think it's, I think it's hilarious. And uh, since in my house my husband does most of the cooking, I, <laughs> I think I probably identify a little bit with that quote. <laughs> All right, and Marilyn, what's the biggest takeaway from this book? I really hope that people will um, do what you did, which is to read this book, read the poems, but also find out more about these first ladies because they really are uh, and were very, very interesting people. All right, and Marilyn, beyond this book, what else can we expect from you and what else are you working on? I have another book coming out this fall. In, I'm thinking of it as my kind of presidential series uh, called uh, Who Named Their Pony Macaroni, which is about presidential pets. And it's not exactly what you think. They are poems, uh, and some of them are are funny, but the poems tie uh, the pets to history and to uh, events and to uh, mores, to attitudes, to things that were were happening. So... um, you find out a lot about history and not just about uh, these animals. Yeah, and that's also being published by Disney Hyperion and uh, illustrated by Ryan McAmos. So that'll be out this fall. All right. And Marilyn, if our listeners would like to find out more about you, how can they find out more about you and your books? Oh, well, please go to my website, which is marilynsinger.net. Uh, and you'll there's a lot of information there, a lot of articles. Uh, and also, you can always... Google me, too, and find out uh, more material on me. But please do go to my website. 
MarilynSinger.net. All right. Thank you, Marilyn. I really appreciate it. Great talking to you again. Thanks very much. I appreciate talking with you. Again, we've been speaking to author Marilyn Singer. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about the show, or if you missed anything this morning, head to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook, or you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Just go to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear and subscribe there. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, man.